Trump wins usually in New Hampshire. And Nikki Haley, still on the teeth of her donor masters, refuses to leave the race. Hello, everybody. This is William Del Pilar, and this is Fired Up. We are going to talk the New Hampshire primary, and Trump really came in and did his damage again. Not as much or not as big a victory as some hoped, but there was a reason for that we shall discuss. It was a historic win. Look, it was what you would call a swift victory because it was called within minutes of the polls closing in the state. Now, again, I have issues with that. Everybody needs to have voted before they actually announce everything. And I think the law needs to change to stretch that out. As soon as the polls close, regardless if there's people in line to vote still, the networks have legal permission to run with their projected results. Again, that needs to change. However, the race also showed that Trump is the de facto leader of the GOP. Haley was supposed to defeat him for some prognosticators or make it close enough that others could see her as a viable candidate and alternative or alternative to Trump. Again, as in Iowa, she failed in New Hampshire. Trump proved he could win Republican primaries, even in states where the electorate is unfavorable to him. Trump's win was historic because he became the first non-incumbent Republican to win both the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary in the same year. As it stands right now, and these numbers could change, Trump's at about 54%, Haley's at about 43%. Now, the thing about primaries is there's something called exit polling and that's where you get data in terms of how the constituents feel about their candidate or or the candidate they don't like and nearly three in ten haley voters express reservations about her so three of her ten votes weren't really voting for her because they really loved her or wanted her they were likely voting for her because she was the other candidate. In fact, four of 10 said their vote was mostly about a dislike for the other candidates, or in this case, candidate. Trump voters, on the other hand, eight of 10 of them had strongly positive views of Trump. To the Trump people out there, I am supporting Trump. I am voting for Trump again. And that's because of what he did economically. Not happy with him raising uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the debt to the country. But at the end of the day, he gave us the greatest raise in working wages for the working class man ever in our lifetime. The economy was at its strongest uh, until the pandemic hit. He was it. He was shooing for a second term. And that's why I'm supporting him. Everybody else, they give me every, it's feelings. Trump, I am a hurt, TDS, deranged moron. And that's what it boils down to because you got to look at the data. And those feelings, they stretch out the people I know who understand data. So it's kind of disgusting, but it's where we're at today politically. Feelings are more important than actual results. And these feelings tend to come from highly educated, well-off white suburban residents who believe their lifestyle, the way they were raised, they can relate to the barrio, the ghetto, trailer parks. They can't. They never have. But in their minds, they they do relate because we're all 
the same. No, we're not. We're all human beings. We're all part of the human race. But the way we were raised and where we were raised does play a big part. And we have to understand that and have compassion, both with good and strong love as well as tough love. Right now, it's just gimme, gimme, gimme. Anyway, I'm digressing. <sighs> One of the exit poll questions was voter fraud. Fewer New Hampshire voters denied the results of the 2020 elections, 51% than Iowa voters, 66%. Now, there's a, a, a lady, she's a lawyer, very eloquent. I'm going to ask her to be, I guess I'm fired up to talk about this, but she lays it out perfectly how the courts have refused to look at the actual information. They claim no standing and all the TDSers. Look at this. See, see, there's nothing to see there. No, there's a process. I once told my partner, you have no clue how the machines are run. You know, you can't just read stuff and think you understand. Because once you get involved, you see the differences in what you're reading versus how the machine actually works. And it's, the courts are no different. So when you get non-lawyers telling you how the courts are right or wrong about something, take it with a grain of salt unless they've actually done some damn research. All right. So the polls generally show about six in 10 Republicans reject the 2020 results. Among the moderate Republican primary electorate, a majority understands at the very least there were election irregularities. At worst, voter fraud. I believe you start with election irregularities, and I've seen that firsthand. I've seen the data. I've seen the research. I've interviewed the people who conducted it here in the state of California. So there is voter irregularity every election. There is voter fraud every election. Statistically, that's how it works. How much? We don't know. You know, and it's funny. Because in 2016, there was no proof of anything, yet the mainstream media, Democrats and Libertarians, who all had TDS, said Trump interfered. The Russian nausea, William, the Russian nausea. But now, after 2020, you know, as they wipe their tush, hit sand on X, they think their post is as pure as white-driven snow. No, it's as dirty as it comes. You know, the data's there. They just don't want to talk about it, honestly. And it's good to see most Americans aren't stupid. If it looks like a duck, smells like duck, walks like duck or whatever, it's a duck. So the election irregularities are a fact. Voter fraud is a fact, statistically speaking. There's nothing, it's rarely ever at zero. So that's where you go, and that's where you start, and you gather the data. But our own Republican Party have no cojones to do that. Why? They're okay with it. As long as the establishment continues to rule, they're okay that we, the people, get screwed. On the abortion issue, 67% of voters oppose the federal law banning most or all abortions. Look, this is a state's issue. And the fundamentalists, you're getting shellacked because the average person does not believe abortion should be flat out legal. Every case is different. But it's funny how fundamentalists tell them, don't you sit there and tread on my rights and my choice. But yet that's exactly what they want to do. And I am pro-life people. I am pro-life. You will never be able to tell me or dictate to me what I am. I just believe we have to respect all sides and go about with the skill of persuasion versus we don't care what you think, lady. You're going to do it. Our fundamentalists. Well, what? What's that? No, no, that's my right to be able to do that. Oh, abortion. No, no, no. That's my right to tell them what to do. That's my problem with the fundamentalists. All right. 
27% favored a law to outright ban abortion. Think about that. 70-30. So out of every 10 people, seven of them say, hey, we've got to have some kind of form of abortion available to these women. And that is true. You know, we're 27% said, suck it up and have the kid. We don't care. <laughs> Let's see when it's their daughter. Let's see when it's them. How quickly people change their minds. 42% of voters said Trump wouldn't be fit to serve as president if convicted of a crime. That's up from 31% in Iowa. That's rich coming from a state of libertarians. Again, this could have major implications for the general election, even if the vast majority of those voters ultimately rally to Trump. No, it's going to have a big effect on Democrat voters, but more blacks and more Latinos are flocking to Trump because they're seeing the lies that's been happening. I mean, you're seeing the lies in the actions of the people who they elected, who were supposed to help them and who are saying, look, the economy's booming, man, it's booming. No, it's not. What's happening is slowly returning to the pre-pandemic. Well, technically it was a pandemic, but it was a foie uh, <laughs> uh, virus, 99.9% uh, recovery rate. Anyway, uh, they're saying this could have major implications. No, what's having major implications is the economy itself. More, again, more and more blacks and Latinos are flocking to Trump because we're finally seeing the writing on the wall. The party of the KKK has been lying to us our whole lives. And for those who don't know, that's the Democrats. Now, there is something very interesting that most people aren't aware of. And I intuitively knew this. I just didn't know there was an actual term for it. It's called the somewhat conservative block. And it comprises about 35 to 40 percent of the national Republican electorate. Moderate, very conservative and evangelical voters vary significantly by state. I am one of those somewhat conservative block. I have a few libertarian tendencies. I, I, I have a lot of conservative values. But at the end of the day, I've always been the common sense guy. Look, we got to come to a solution that works, you know, uh, and that's kind of what makes me somewhat conservative. And somewhat conservative voters are found in similar proportions in every state. The candidate who wins a somewhat conservative block of voters usually wins a nomination. And that included Trump in 2016. And according to the exit poll, these voters made up a plurality of the electorate. They were 41%. Trump won 60% of those votes. So, uh, at, so four out of every 10 voters uh, uh, made up the uh, 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 plurality. Uh, Trump won six out of those 10 voters. Haley won four out of those 10 voters. So when I talk about the plurality versus the majority, a majority is a number of voters or votes in agreement can constituting more than half of the total number. Think 51% or more. A plurality is just the excess of votes received by the leading candidates when there are three or more candidates. You know, so candidate number one could receive 48%. Candidate two, 30%. Candidate three, 22%. So none of them reach a majority, the 50 plus one, but candidate one would be deemed the winner because he has the plurality. At the Iowa caucus, Trump won 47% of the somewhat conservative bloc. Haley won 25%. 
I mean, so Trump is really not just owning the 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 the, the uh, non-majority type voter. He's also owning the uh, somewhat conservative. So he's got the fundamentalists. He's got the constitutionalists. He's got everybody, including the somewhat conservative block. Now, let's talk crossover votes or crossover voters. Haley's crossover votes in Iowa allowed her to get up from approximately 14 to 15% to 19%. And the reason I have issues with this is these voters aren't going to be voting Republican. They're purposely entering this race to uh, for election interference. Technically, that's true, but it's legal. This is legal election interference. Seven out of Haley's 10 votes in New Hampshire were from Democrats. Even though 6% only identified as Democrats that day. So you remove that crossover vote, and it's like, my God, what, what, what was she at? I got to scroll back up. Uh, 43. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You're looking at, at, at anywhere from 15 to 17, 18%. The Republican Party is completely rejecting her. They don't want anything to do with her. Fifteen percent again. She gets fifteen Republicans out of a hundred. That's complete rejection. Seven out of ten Haley voters once again were not register Republicans. And I apologize. I keep saying Democrats, but those some of those were independents as well. Only 13% of her voting block were Republicans. So you're looking at about, I had a number that came out to like six point some odd percent, and it was slightly off. But the fact that only 13% of her votes were Republicans aligns with eight to 10% of her votes were from Republicans. So she has minimal support as a Republican candidate. It also means a Democratic ploy to get their voters to vote for her and her strategy of spending the million dollars to go after about 200,000 crossover voters paid off. The headlines today are how close she was to Trump. But the reality is, once you break it down within context, and this is legitimate numbers. This isn't pulling something out of my my, my tush like intellectuals like to do that have no connection and they tell you with a straight face, this is how they're connected. Uh, they hate people like me because I immediately stop and go, whoa, 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 break that one down, bro. And then they can't. Oh, dude, nah, nah. And then they get mad at me. Why'd you interrupt me before I finish? Because you were lying. <laughs> So once again, the Democratic ploy to get Haley crossover votes worked. Her donor masters that include the establishment, the swamp, whatever you want to call them, I kind of focus in on the military industrial complex. I'm a patriot. My family served. You know, the only person who didn't serve uh, is my mother. You know, my siblings, all four of them, and myself included, served, and my dad served for, for 30 years. So we're we're patriotic. We're tired of wars that aren't wars. We haven't had a real war since World War II, meaning Congress has not authorized anything. So these are military industrial complex operations run by politicians who get rich because of the military industrial complex, yet send our boys to die. That's who Nikki Haley is. 
And that's one reason she's being completely rejected by the Republican Party. We've never been a party of war. We've always been a party of patriotism, understanding that you have to fight to keep what you want. Democrats cave in. <laughs> Look at Neville Chamberlain, is who I ache into a Democrat. You know, libertarians let live and be free. They're the first ones conquered because they don't understand there's bad players, bad actors in this world. You know, you know, you completely ignore it for whatever reason means you're just going to get conquered. If it wasn't for the good old United States of America, that's what Hitler would have done in Europe. So I'm digressing again, but it's important we understand who and what Nikki Haley is and how this country has changed since World War II in defending its shores. We don't defend its shores. We are opportunistic because of the military industrial complex. America is not bad, but the people you elect are. So when you blame those politicians for this or that, look in the mirror because you elected them. Haley's reasons for staying in. Haley Ames and waited out. <laughs> That's her go. And her all her supporters say, wait it out, wait it out to the, the convention. Because Trump's legally she's gonna get him banned. No, they're not. <laughs> oh my God. They see Trump's legal issues as a reason to stand by her. We're talking the donor class, the military industrial complex, those who've never served and whose kids don't serve, but want you and your kids to go die as they get rich. Luckily, Republicans by and large see the fraud that is Trump's legal issues. They see how they're going after him. They see how this is a political game. Again, I always tell people, look, unless you've been involved, you don't know crap except what you're fed and what you choose to believe. Get involved in your parties and you'll see the writing on the wall and how these games are played and how they work. So again, most Republicans, by and large, see Trump's legal issues as a reason to stand by him. I do. I mean, it's the greatest country in the world. We allow this to happen. It's going to happen to anybody. Look at the J6 people. Yeah, look at all these Hamas people who pushed into the barrier in 2022 or under Obama. A few times that happened. Nothing happened to those people. But yet leftist swine, libertarian swine, Republican swine, all those with TDS, Look at that. Oh, that's an insurrection. Dear God, you've had greater arguments with your spouse or kid than what happened on J6. So is there a path for Haley? Yes, through crossover votes. I mean, there's no path, but that's how she's going to stay in. Haley, her supporters, insist there is still a pathway for her to capture the GOP nomination. Polls show her defeating President Biden in November and performing much better against Biden and Trump. Look, that's always been this far out. That's how the polls work. Look, when I started breaking polls down some years ago, the first thing that caught my eye was how many Democrats they would have uh, polled versus actual Republicans. It's a common tactic. As you get closer to the election cycle, all these polls tighten up because all of a sudden now the company's reputation is on the line. Nobody remembers the poll two years out, but they always go back to the polls right before the election. And uh, so these polls you're seeing of Haley uh, doing better than Biden, those are calculated. Those are, those are you got to look at the, 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 the raw data. That's where you will learn the truth. And 90% of the time, these polls and raw data that far out have no meaning at all. And those are the polls she's using. There's other polls that are starting to come out now that show Trump beating Biden. Again, you got to look at the, the, the raw data to determine the validity. But the point is, her campaign is lying to the American people when they say that. Uh, the reality is, 
in this primary season, it's a crossover voter. She's hoping to pick up Democrats and some independents or the uncommitted voter who are allowed to vote in the Republican primaries. That's what she did in Iowa. That's what she did in New Hampshire. The problem is we have social media. We have the internet. So that's becoming known, her strategy. And that hurts her. When people learn the truth, oh, okay. They look at them in a different light. And that's what's happening with Haiti. If this was pre-internet, she would actually be seen as a legitimate candidate, even though she's not. So what are some of the crossover primaries? Well, there's Michigan. Uh, they hold their, their primaries on their own day. Uh, but on Super Tuesday, 11 to 16 states have open or semi-open primaries. Virginia, Texas, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, and Vermont. And Texas is the big one there. You know, I'm not a fan or I'm not against or, or, or for uh, the splitting up of delegates in terms of where you finish. But I am against crossover voting and why states have it is beyond me. Next up, Nevada and the U.S. Virgin Islands. But Haley's ignoring Nevada and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Their claim is there aren't enough delegates there to care. In Nevada, she can't win or gain any delegates. And Nevada is, is not a crossover state. Look, there are two primaries or caucuses. <laughs> what you have, there's one primary on February 6th, and there's one caucus on February 8th. The primary is organized and run and paid for by the state. The caucuses are organized and run by the political party. Delegates will only come from the caucuses in Nevada. And Haley is on the primary ballot, but she's not on the caucus ballots. Trump is on the ballot for the caucuses, not the primary. So why are there two? Look, the state legislature decided to dictate to the parties, which in some cases they can legally do, depending on which state. And Democrats led this change after they couldn't get the vote count correct with smell the ass, Bernie Sanders, or Pete Booty Plug. So, the state legislature, pushed by Democrats, helped by the DNC, got the state to change it from caucuses to primaries. The DNC, they sent their lobbyists in, they sent their money in, and they pushed to get it done. <laughs> but the Republican of uh, the Nevada Republicans said, "Go to hell! We are running caucuses. Only we have the right to give out delegates." So once they did that, the primary was moot. You know, and not only that, the the Republicans barred super PACs from participating in the caucuses, meaning they can't send staffers, surrogates, or speakers or literature. And I'm okay with this. A state primary should be dealt with by the state, should be dealt with by people who live in the state. We have so much outside influence, and, and there's both pro and con for that. But I'm like, I'm okay with the Nevada GOP passing this. It's their caucus. They can do it as they please as long as they are servicing it for the greater betterment of their state. Because that's what this is all about. The Nevada Republicans and Nevada Democrats determining who they want to re represent them on a national scale. And you add up all the delegates, a very fair process. So to have outside forces coming in, trying to influence, to have the opposing party coming in and changing the rules with the help of rhinos and establishment. Uh, I'm proud of the Nevada Republican Party for doing what they did and sticking to their guns. So Trump is by, by default going to win the Nevada delegates.
So because of that, Nikki Haley is saying South Carolina is the next stop. And that's the, the mainstream media is pushing and promoting that. And they're not talking about Nevada as much now, uh, if at all. So South Carolina, currently Trump leads in polls by an average of about 37 points. Some polls show Trump right under or at or even over 50 points. Another poll shows them beating her by 40 points. South Carolina is also a closed primary. But William, William, Nikki Haney was a governor two times South Carolina. She owns South Carolina. <laughs> she never lost on the ballot in South Carolina. Twice elected governor. Because of that, her supporters and her consultants and her donor masters believe they can keep Trump to a certain ceiling. That's as high as he'll get. And they can build a coalition to vote for her based on her term, her terms as a governor. Haley should repeatedly emphasize her better polling numbers against Biden if she wants to build any coalition. And then talk about Trump's legalities. The problem is, is everybody knows about this and they've already made their decision on it. As I said, most Republicans believe Trump's being uh, attacked legally to get him out of this race. And I believe that, too. You know, Trump's guilty. By God, punish him. But then you better go back and punish Obama, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Sr., because they've all done what they're accusing Trump of. And yes, politics are dirty, they're ugly, and you people are the ones who accept it. You keep voting in the same people. <laughs> it's funny, you want to blame the politician, but you don't want to look in the damn mirror. And that's where it starts, looking in the damn mirror. <laughs> anyway, back to Haiti. They think they can hold Trump to a ceiling and, and still build a coalition to get, get out the vote for her. I'm assuming she's got a pretty solid ground game because it's South Carolina. It's her home state. She still has allies there. However, she doesn't have the allies she really needs to get her over the top and pull the upset off. Whew. The other thing is it's a heavy minority state, you know, the South is. And uh, Trump's coalescing Latinos and blacks. And it's also a, a big military state, too. And Trump has the support of the military. Uh, so it's it's going to be a tough go for her, despite the fact it's her state. Uh, is this what you would call South Carolina betrayal? Most of the state's biggest donors and activists have committed to Senator Tim Scott. And as we know, he dropped out. Oh, gosh, so long ago, I forgot. You know, Haley appointed Scott to the Senate. But he has now endorsed Trump. And his ground game, his machine in South Carolina. And look, once you get the governor and senators, they have built-in ground games and they have the Rolodex to get that ground game moving quickly. You know, his ground game helped Nikki at times. Now it's going to help Trump. Also, the current governor, Henry McMaster, he's endorsed Trump. And he's got a very vitalized ground game ready to go. So Haley really is up against the wall. And if she loses South Carolina, it could be a fatal blow because perception is reality. I learned that the hard way. A commander sat me down as a young 20-some-odd-year-old kid and says, son, Ben Pilar, let me tell you a story. The truth is in the middle. But how this side sees it and how that side sees it are their truths. <laughs> 
That is perception. Huh. And the perception of Haley losing South Carolina, her home state, is like a dagger in the heart. Because people are going to go, wow, she can't win her own home state? One of the, the joke on the Mondale campaign, for those who can remember, isn't how bad he lost. It's, damn, he won one state, his home state. And they kind of look at him. Yeah, somebody came through for him. So when you lose your home state, the exact opposite. Damn, they couldn't even win their home state. Why the hell should I vote for that bum? That actually goes through a lot of people's minds. Understanding human nature is truly important to success, whether you're in business, politics, nonprofit, in a foreign country, whatever. I visited oh, 30 some odd countries so far, and that was one of the lessons I started noticing. I started learning, I started teaching myself, I started reading about is human nature over what politicians say are societal norms because those societal norms aren't societal norms it's part of human nature hate from white americans towards other races is human nature hate from black americans towards other races is human nature hate from asians towards other races is human nature we have to rise above that but the people in power don't want us to rise above that. They use that as a weapon to bludgeon us with, and we in turn bludgeon each other while they continue to get richer. And I'm talking about all parties. You know, Green, Libertarian, Democrat, and Republican. The Republicans and Democrats are in power, so they're doing the most damage. But these are, other parties are no different. They act as if they are, and they can lie about it because they haven't had power. Once you get power, you'll see that come out. Odds are them ever achieving power is slim to none, though. But back to New Hampshire and the Republican primaries. The delegate count so far is Donald Trump has 32 delegates, Haley 17, Ron DeSantis 9. Uh, Ron DeSantis will hold on to those nine delegates. Haley's going to try to rack up more so she can make an impact at the convention. Uh, Trump's learned enough from 2016 and 2020. Uh, I think this convention is going to be a big surprise to the establishment class because Trump will finally understand had a, had a, what's the saying, had to drop the hammer. On them, just like they wrongly dropped the hammer, Mitch Romney and company against Ron Paul. I'm not a Ron Paul fan, but that man had earned his right to speak at the convention and they denied him. It was disgusting, typical party politics. And again, you have to understand the party, understand that why that was allowed to happen and why it could happen. And again, to the people out there, you didn't like it. Well, look in the mirror. You're the ones who put those people in power that are in power. So my final comments on all this. Trump has the somewhat conservative bloc as well as the very conservative wing of the Republican Party, and that was Ted Cruz's base back in 2016. Trump's ability to carry the somewhat conservative bloc this cycle, that's enabled him to quickly take control of these primaries. That and the average person who doesn't follow politics sees what's happening to him, and people just want fairness. They don't care about your butt-hurt feelings. They want fairness across the board. And Latinos and Blacks, the mainstream media denies this and they call people racist who talk about it, but I can relate. I got a cousin who got railroaded. I'm seeing Trump railroaded, you know, and it's funny. You know, libertarians, for example, defund the police, defund the police, you know, Democrats, defund the police, defund the police, you know, and now they're counting on those on law enforcement and, and the lawyers and all that to take out a man they don't like because of their feelings. All of a sudden, the police is good. Uh, 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 these prosecutors are all good. You know, that's my issues with these 
with these 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 jerks who uh, uh they don't they don't have a belief system they tend to believe what they want to believe at certain times <laughs> okay so trump can carry the somewhat conservative uh voter which means he's going to dominate the primaries his 37 point average again some polls as high as 50% she has haley has no major allies in her home state and that could doom her however her doom is dependent on her war chest and the neocons and military industrial complex and those people have millions to spare so her war chest will remain heavily funded it's the actual writing on the wall if She's doing so badly, just people just won't vote for her regardless, and that, that will doom her, and I believe South Carolina will be the start of that. Her only hope to compete, again, are crossover votes. Critics are also creating false narratives to help her. They claim that under half of the Republican primary voters in the first two states were voting for someone other than Trump, and that's a cause for concern. It's primary, I mean, remember Hillary and Obama? They could have said the same thing about one or the other. This is how primaries work, you know, so so they're really trying to stretch it out. And they're also trying to claim that the neocon, the warmonger group of the Republican Party, they're now the moderate wing. Think about that. The mainstream media is saying the people who want war, the people who want to send our boys to die to enrich themselves, the people who want the, the national debt to keep going up in the trillions. They're saying the warmongers are the moderate wing. And they're saying we who want a strong economy, who want law and order, who want our kids to be properly educated for the future of this country. We're the conspiracy theory, uh, 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 theorists of the party. We're, we're the wingnuts. We're this, we're that. We're the ones who actually want a normal society, not one in chaos. The only way they can legitimize Haley is by what I just said, by creating these false narratives. Yeah, again, they don't remember the Democrat pot primaries. It's what what I call typical yellow journalism that creates a false narrative. I mean, the, people don't forget because they don't teach it in history anymore. But the Spanish-American War was brought on from Cuba through the newspapers fueling lies. False narratives go a long way, including false narratives about outperforming expectations, as they keep saying about Haley, that get you excited about her. But that can only fuel a candidate for so long. And we're going to see that begin to end in South Carolina. Now, Trump in the nomination. Trump could wrap up the GOP nomination by mid-March. It depends on how, how South Carolina goes. And again, he's going to take all the Nevada's delegates. We have tons of nominating contests or a few nominating contests in February. Then by Super Tuesday, you've got 15 states and a territory. So by the end of March, more than 70% of the GOP delegates will have been awarded. And most Republican contests, primaries, caucuses, whatever you want to call them, it's some form of winner take all. And so again, Trump could sew up his party's nomination early. Then it's a campaign trail. The papers are saying him sewing it up early is not good for him. Actually, it is. Then he's free to campaign strategically. And there you have it, my friends. The New Hampshire breakdown. Crossover votes gave Haley her 40 some odd percent. When you actually only look at the Republican voters, you're talking anywhere about 10 to 15 percent. She's clearly out of her league, out of her class. She's fallen out of favor with with Republican Republican constituents. So now it's on to Nevada, which is a default and U.S. Virgin Islands, with Nevada being a default win for Trump, and then South Carolina's the next battleground. 
I will be doing these podcasts after each primary. Don't forget, you can check out Fired Up Podcasts at Grumblings Media, our Free For All podcast, or which is a libertarian podcast, our interview show, Big Questions with Big John, and our sports show. That's that's where I made my bones, points on the board. You can find all those at Grumblings Media. You can also find us on YouTube and Rumbling under the profile, Grumblings Media, and you can find us at traditional non-video outlets such as Apple, Pandora, Spotify, and Google. So until next time, my friends, I bid you adieu.